From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Total SF and welcome to the intro, Heather Knight. Hey, always good to be here. It is great to have you here. I am super excited. Gay Men's Chorus. Um, We have Executive Director Chris Verdugo here today and longtime member Michael Tate. And this is a delightful listen. Very delightful. They both have amazing voices. You will not be surprised to learn. I love it. I did a little research before um, they came on, and I'm reading about the history, and I'm kind of getting choked up. It's it's very beautiful. Um, you know, the the gay men's course history started in 1978, right after Harvey Milk died with a candlelight vigil. Many of their members died through the years, and. Then Chris and Michael come in and just like lift spirits. Yeah. Um, it's a delightful organization and it is an organization that lifts spirits. Definitely. Very moving and fun too. So Michael and Chris are coming up. They'll talk about the upcoming Pend and Pink musical program, part of their season 42. And they'll talk about their plans for the future with the National LGBTQ Center for the Arts, which is raising money for renovations. More information about all that at www.sfgmc.org. But let's get things started right with a little music, Heather. I just streamed a lot of their music off iTunes, and I'm looking forward to having it in heavy rotation. Here's the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus performing Love Can Build a Bridge. I would swim out to save you in your sea of broken dreams. When all your hopes are sinking, let me show you what love means. So I'm getting major chills, Michael and Chris coming up. But first, I want to ask you, Heather, have you done your Chronicle podcast survey? Oh, no, I still need to do that. Okay, we both need to do it. And we need to encourage people to do this. There are five $100 gift certificates that are being given away. I want one of these gift cards. I do, too. Um, it's not for like I checked. It's not. I thought maybe it's for like Fuddruckers or cheese. <laughs> cheese Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory. It is not. This is a $100 gift certificate. Quick survey. Go to sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey. And coming up, Heather... Michael and Chris, I'm Peter Hartlove. I'm Heather Knight. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Michael Tate and Chris Verdugo, welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the Total SF Podcast. Thank Thank you. you. And Heather Knight, welcome back to the Total SF Podcast. Heather is here um, frequently, and we are super excited. I have been listening to the Gay Men's Chorus um, since I was a teen, and um, to have you here is such a pleasure. Um, 
So welcome again, and I look forward to talking to you about what you got coming up and, uh, and a little bit about the chorus. Right on. Let's yeah. do it. Absolutely. Because we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> I wanted to start with when you first heard about the Gay Men's Chorus and uh, if it was something in your life uh, that you were thinking about even before you got involved as a member or executive director, Chris? Uh, great question, actually. I heard about, I grew up in Miami. So my first experience with a gay men's chorus was the um, uh, gay men's chorus of South Florida. And I was 18 years old, um, had no community, really. I had, I think, two gay friends, maybe, in college. And I had no community. And someone sort of whispered in my ear, I don't even remember, said, hey, you know, there's this gay chorus and they rehearse in Fort Lauderdale and you might want to check them out. And I remember walking into that room and seeing a sea of gay men <laughs> and feeling at home for the first time ever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's like that. Um, and so and so that's sort of been the, the trajectory. I've been involved in gay choruses since I was 18 years old. I'm not going to say how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, you know, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, being who we are, you know, has always been at the forefront of any conversation regarding gay choruses. So when the opportunity arose uh, for me to uh, move up here from L.A. and become the executive director, um, yeah, I chomped at it. So How many gay men's choruses are there? I'd never heard of the one in Florida. Uh, oh, my goodness. There are hundreds and yeah, hundreds. Like yeah, Probably three to four hundred. Across five continents. Wow. Was San Francisco the original? San Francisco is the original. We are, with, particularly with the word gay in its name. I mean, Uh that was pretty significant back in 1978. Certainly, as Chris said, there are lots of choruses now with that are gay choruses and lots of choruses we we probably both sang in that were largely gay, but they were not gay men's choruses (laughs) at the time. So, but that's a whole other story. Truth. Uh, (laughs) And I think it's really, uh, it's really interesting. And they're not just gay, right? Mm -hmm. Really, we identify as LGBTQ choruses because there are women's choruses, there are mixed choruses. You know, we're hosting the Beijing Queer Chorus in June of this year. How awesome is that, That's right? So cool. Where will they be singing? At our, <laughs> funny that you should ask, at our new National LGBTQ Center for the Arts. What a good segue. <laughs> Excellent segue. It's good that way. Well, actually, we'll get to that. But, Michael, I wanted to hear your, your introduction to the Gay Men's Chorus. So, summer, picture it. I like the little Golden Girls reference. Picture it. <laughs> summer 2002, I was actually at a pride party at my landlord's. Uh, a friend of my landlord at the time, and I was getting a Cosmo, the drink of the time, and was humming a little tune as I was making a drink, and a gentleman who was at the party heard me singing, and he said, wow, you have a lovely voice. He said, I'm gonna assume that you're gay, and I said, well, good for you. Um, And he said, you should consider trying out for the chorus this fall. And I mean, I'd heard of the chorus for sure, but, and had been in San Francisco for four years, but had not thought about um, trying out, so, he stuck with me all summer. He drove me to the audition and is now one of my longstanding friends who kind of brought me in. Okay, two questions. Number one, what were you singing? And number two, um, did you feel at home right away? I mean, once you had that first day at the Gay Men's Course, what was that like? So what I was singing, I actually do remember this and it, because it's such, I mean, it was pride. Aretha Franklin, like who wouldn't be singing that? <laughs> That's I mean, right. Why not? I just love that you've already worked in Sex in the City, Aretha. You and like the that? Golden and the Golden they Girls. They are my favorites. I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I came from a pretty music theory, serious background. So I mean, I came in thinking 
oh, this is going to be very formal and everyone's going to be able to know how to sight read and I'll see how I fit in. And I walked in and very similar to Chris's experience, some 170 gay men of all shapes, sizes and colors there. And I realized, okay, this is a different course. And I realized I had to get my own Midwest stick out of my butt, so to speak, to kind of really sort of fit in. But, you know, that didn't take long. Mm -hmm. I was warmly received and really found a home there. Nice. Well, Gay Men's Course, a lot of history in San Francisco, um, and it's on it's on your website that the genesis was um, a vigil right after the death of, of Harvey Milk. Um, and I actually found uh, just a paragraph in the Chronicle from November 28th, 1978, covering that vigil, uh, written by Steve Rubenstein, who still works for the Chronicle. Uh, soon after, uh, they're talking about the crowd falling silent, and, and uh, soon after, a men's chorus sang a Felix Mendelssohn hymn, and the crowd quickly dispersed around 11.30 p.m. I'm so sure that that's the first mention of the gay men's chorus, which quickly became a force in San Francisco. Mm. Um, 79, 80, we mm-hmm. start having stories in the Chronicle. I love this, the very first review in the Chronicle's datebook section of the gay men's chorus. October 27th, 1980, stunning SF gay men's chorus. It actually is the lead story in Datebook, bumping down Elton John's visit to, I think it was the uh, Oakland Alameda Coliseum. But uh, I just want to read. <laughs> I love that we bumped Elton John. <laughs> and, and there's a photo of him here, too. There's a photo of Dick Kramer, who was the director, and he's much larger photo of Dick Kramer than Elton John. And let's mention that the font on Stunning yes. SF Gamer is larger than the Elton larger, John font. Yeah, larger, <laughs> larger point. <laughs> we, will get this, um, we will get this on Twitter, um, this, this cover, but I'm going to read the lead here. Time was when the male chorus was a favorite ensemble in a romantic era before the German, oh man, Menurkor tradition died under the Nazis and much later before the college glee club was degenderized in the rising tide of fearless feminism. Now a local revival is underway and not so curiously when you think about it under the banner of the San Francisco gay men's chorus, some 125 singers strong Dick Kramer conducting. Um, They got a lot into that. They got a lot into that. Yeah. (laughs) And I wonder from your point of view, how much you look at and think about the history. Do you meet people who were involved early on? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, it, how often we think of the history of this chorus is forefront, I think, in everything that we do. It's always present. In conversation, I was with in L.A. yesterday meeting with a funder, and we just relived that moment that you spoke about mm-hmm. uh, on the steps mm-hmm. of City Hall, and that being the first public performance of the chorus on a night when the, the mayor and the supervisor were assassinated. So the, the genesis of this chorus was one born out of this tragedy um, and and in it just kind of this sense of activism Mm -hmm. instantly like yes we are of course we are artistic but we are also activists in this moment and that is you know if anything that is what came out of harvey milk's uh assassination history is always present um wouldn't you agree michael i mean that's kind of like yeah always and our artistic director dr tim selig Always make sure that 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 um, you know that 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 we go back to that moment um, and that we share that with our audiences. But also, you know, moving forward just a little bit, you know, what happened during the '80s and early '90s, where we lost almost our entire membership to AIDS. So mm-hmm. we can never, never forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so glad the chorus is still around because we've lost so much of, you know, the historic San Francisco, and I think it's fabulous you guys are still singing. No, it's 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 a pleasure. I mean, getting together every week and sometimes multiple times during a week and seeing friends, and, you know, recently we've had some tragedy in the group and really sort of seeing us rally around each other to support each other when sort of unexpected twists and turns happen in people's lives. It, it's amazing to think how this organization has has survived and thrived for more than four decades. What's been going on recently? What I was, what I was referring to, well, we had one very long time singer who had been ill for quite some time who recently passed away oh. um, from liver cancer. And then literally yesterday, mm -hmm. another singer who had gotten ill less than two weeks ago Lots of circumstances, but then passed away oh, no. early yesterday I'm morning. Sorry. So oh, wow. we're Very literally sorry. dealing with that in yeah. real time together and trying we are. to come together. And that's, you know, I think that's the, I mean, it's it's the beauty of this chorus because it's 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 a tribe, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I want to say right? it's a brotherhood, mm -hmm. but we're so much more than a brotherhood because of who is in the chorus now, right? It's it, we have so many identifications Absolutely. across the spectrum, so it's more of a family, mm -hmm. um, you know. And and in every respect, right? Mm -hmm. There are quarrels. There's a lot of love. There's coming together in moments like this that are just so filled with pain, mm -hmm. but then we also know how to celebrate together. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's been like the secret sauce of yeah. this chorus. Has the program um, changed a lot over the years? And I'm, I'm thinking about size. Do you look back and see what was performed in the you know, 80s and 90s? And how have things kind of stayed the same and how have they changed? Oh, Michael, I'm going to hand that one <laughs> off to you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think the the sort of the, the flavor and, and the color and sort of our sound has really, really changed as we get different artistic directors. And I think there is sort of a core sort of sound that I think we go for. I mean, kind of that Phil Spector often says sort of this wall of sound. I mean, we just sort of produce big sound. And I think sort of harnessing that in a positive way that sort of will be pleasing to the ear is something that has been our hallmark. But I mean, there's always gonna be some Broadway, there's always gonna be some camp. And I think we really also then strive to sort of make sure people know I mean, we can sing and dance and put on some heels occasionally, but we can do sort of serious, really rich, complex music, different languages, just so we kind of cover the gamut in a way that I think many other choruses really don't even try to do. They're like, that's not our lane. So we, we love kicking up our heels in that lane. Yes, you do. And you kick them up well, because I've seen you in heels lots of times. So it's not just occasionally. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> when you're getting a program together, how much are you thinking about um, San Francisco and performing here and serving this community and your community and how much are you thinking about taking it on the road and letting other communities see the gay men's chorus I, I looked through again the archive and, and early on there was a tour a national tour that included Nebraska um, stories talking about a turkey farmer he's a gay turkey farmer who came out to see the gay men's <laughs> chorus in 1981 you have to share these stories with yes me. I, will, I will but but what's that balance in terms of mm. you know performing here and getting on the road and and and, and being an ambassador uh, well this adds some context to that right yeah. uh, I think the chorus has only done three major tours, mm -hmm, perhaps, mm -hmm. right? Uh, 81, then Sydney, 
was it Australia? Yeah, yeah, Sydney, Australia, and then most recently the Lavender Pen Tour across five states in the South, the Bible Belt. Um, so uh, that's an important that's an important frame. How much do we consider San Francisco? Uh, I think that's always you know at the top of our uh, artistic director's mind. Um, you know. We know we know our audience. We know what they what they what they love to hear, as Michael was um, referring to. Um, and I think it, just the whole filling the whole spectrum. Um, I think there's just some really beautiful pieces that we have done. Almost love songs to San Francisco, mm-hmm. like the song "San Francisco" mm-hmm. for "I Am Harvey Milk." That was um, commissioned by the chorus uh, um, in, in 1919. I'm sorry, 2014. Yep. Yeah, 2014. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a uh, uh, I am Harvey Milk was an extraordinary piece of music. So as was Unbreakable, written by Andrew Lippa as well. Um, what else? I mean, there are other love songs that we have, you know, toward the city. Well, um, I, I mean, I like think Barbary to, Lane is going to become yeah, one now. And I think we do a lot of songs that in their in their original incarnation may not have had the the very really sort of explicit LGBT undertone, but when you're singing a song, whether it's a Sondheim or Cole Porter written at a time where sort of Mm -hmm. to just call out sort of same sex, same sex, same sex attraction would just not have worked. But we kind of reclaim that and really take that and, and, and celebrate that in a way that I think is, is pretty unique and really special taking charge of that. Mm -hmm. In terms of singing love songs to San Francisco, does it get harder at all? A lot of people are not quite as in love with San Francisco as they were, say, 10 years ago. So expensive, and we've lost some of our flavor. Does it, or do you guys still love the city as much as you always have? I mean, I, I think the city is, it's challenging. I mean, it's changed. I've lived here 22 years, and I've seen things change quite a bit. I think we recognize as a chorus and have tried to do things, certainly to make it as easy as possible for people with all financial means or no financial means to be a part of the organization so that that will not be a barrier to your singing. But I mean, we've had singers who have moved who are like, you know, I want a different sort of type of lifestyle where I can own a home or I can sort of have more space. So we recognize that. And as as Chris said, we're a tribe that sort of takes you in, whether you're here for a year, you're here for 42 years, you will always be a part of our family. So Pendant Pink is the new program. Yes. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about um, how long you've been planning this and sort of some of the themes and what went into it? Oh, absolutely. 
Oh, gosh. Thanks for asking that. And throw out a few dates, too, as you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited about this. Um, So uh, there's a a young man um, who we've worked with. His name is Julian Hornick, a composer uh, from Juilliard. And it's sort of, you know, his his, um, musical theater family consists of Andrew Lippa, Stephen Schwartz, um, um, uh, Bench Pasek from Dear Evan Hansen. So that's his musical family. He's brilliant. And um, we really wanted to create something something that spoke to this generation, this queer generation. So he has worked on a 10 song uh, cycle that is entitled At Queer Z um, and really just goes through and identifies, you know, what uh, young people right now um, are, are sort of going through as they try to find out who they are, what their gender identification is, um, and, and just create this, the, these beautiful stories that come to music. Um, and I, I think the most beautiful part of that is that I heard the entire song cycle two weeks ago, and I was not prepared. <laughs> because it is written from the perspective of a 24-year-old, 25-year-old about this generation, and yet so much resonates with you about how you grew up and the things that you hid to yourself and it's just it's brilliant and the first part of it is really um uh, so that's the second part of the show the first part of the show is um it's it's popular music by quote-unquote gay composers or gay icons so it's everything from sia to um pink pink Mm -hmm. to uh there's so many um ricky martin ricky martin is elton still in He's no, he's not in. Oh, that's well, okay. we, pushed him down. In, we pushed him down the page. Poor, poor Elton. Elton's taking a, taking a real beating. Yeah, sorry, Elton. We love you though, man. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it's a, it's one of the most I think exciting shows we've done uh, at Davies Symphony Hall um, on March 26th, uh, <laughs> and, and also this is a really cool part. We'll be doing it again March 28th at Palo Alto High School because Julian went to Palo Alto High School, and we have the chorus of Palo Alto High School performing with us at Davies Symphony Hall, and the four leads are all students from Oakland uh, School of Performing Arts. That's so cool. So, yeah, it's really, really awesome. Super fun. It's it's great, and it really really lives up to our mission, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really, we are so mission-focused, and one of our, you know, just one of our guiding principles has been the last three years, you know, really taking care of our LGBTQ youth. Mm Mm-hmm. You also have um, a project to rehab your building, right? And you have a capital campaign to improve that space. We do. And I know that is squarely within <laughs> your wheelhouse. <laughs> so I am a cheerleader and I'm, I'm a campaign and campaign ambassador to really I'm focused on a team that's trying to engage our members mm-hmm. um, for both former members and current members just in that whether you have smaller dollars, relatively speaking, or bigger dollars. We want to find a way so that even chorus members can be a part of creating and sort of evolving this wonderful space that we're in. And Mm -hmm. I know Chris is leading the charge with lots of wonderful, wonderful friends on the sort of more capital, (laughs) capital C part of the campaign. Uh, Yeah, it's it's exciting time. So uh, uh, gosh, over a year ago, we purchased the former Baha'i property at 170 Valencia Street. Um, And if you want to if you want to tour the space, feel free to give us a call. We're yeah. happy to tour anyone. We're so proud of it. Um, and uh, through that process, one of the, the initial gift for this campaign was a $5 million gift by a founding member, Terry Chan, uh, and his partner, Ed Sell. Um, and Ed happens to be the chair of our capital campaign committee. So uh, at the moment, we have a $15 million campaign goal, uh, and we are about $9 million 
on our way there. So it's super it's exciting. Um, I've seen the renovation plans. Probably going to be more than, <laughs> than we had anticipated. But what it will be um, is really a, a, a crown jewel in in san francisco and especially in you know uh in in that in that sort of um uh uh, crown that is you know this fabulous uh artistic community with the symphony the ballet the Mm -hmm. opera smaller you know arts organizations um as well like smean ballet and so forth and uh, the first thing i realized when i came to san francisco like the first week that i was here uh as the executive director is that while we're a chorus and there are many choruses across the, the world, as Michael mentioned, this is really seen as an arts institution in San Francisco. And you don't, that, that's not necessarily right. the case around that. We are seen as an arts institution. So it was just logical that the next step would be an arts institution should have a building, a space. And this is 23,000 square feet, wherein we're creating the country's first uh, LGBTQ Center for the Arts. We've started some programming there with, thank you, I'm going to plug uh, our first initial uh, inaugural series. It's called Behind the Curtain this Sunday, uh, February 23rd, with um, uh, the cast of Hamilton. Super cool. Um, and um, we've, uh, we have uh, different arts organizations that we're providing space for for free. Because that's, you know, that's sort of the mission of the space to be able to retain the artists and arts organizations in San Francisco, like the San Francisco Bay Area Theater Company, um, the San Francisco Philharmonic, uh, Opera Parallel to be able mm-hmm. to provide space for them. So we're, we're, we're working on these collaborations, but also offering our space uh, up for free um, so that they're able to stay and do their work here and not worry about you know, about the rising rent costs in the city and how they're going to be able to operate. Um, I've had way too many of those conversations. And so part of my, you know, part of the search of the campaign is to, yes, to renovate the space, but also to be able to provide a foundation endowment that these organizations, you know, while we go through this, you know, while we, however long this lasts in San Francisco and it may never end that, that we become this city that's, you know, practically unaffordable mm-hmm. for many people, um, we're able to provide a space for, for our community, uh, both our LGBTQ community and our artistic community to collaborate, to incubate new works, to perform, mm-hmm. um, and really to, to, you know, to continue to be that essential artistic San Francisco community. Um, website, uh, are tickets still for sale for Sunday's show and, and how do people get them? Do they start at uh, your site? Yeah, you can go to uh, uh, sfgmc.org and you will find tickets for Pendant Pink, uh, uh, Pendant Pink and um, Behind the Curtain with the cast of Hamilton, which is gonna be so exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. and I also wanna mention one quick thing. Um, in that 1981 tour, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most, I think, uh, greatest takeaways from it was that we went to, I don't remember how many states, let's just go with like maybe eight or nine. And what happened in the wake of that tour was all of these other gay men's choruses popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's why we're widely credited with really beginning a movement, you know, the gay choral movement. Um, and I think that's just extraordinary to have that kind of power in 1981 and that kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because it's really important to our history. Mm-hmm. That is excellent. Um, we're going to wrap up in a second here. I wanted to ask Michael if you could share a couple of just highlights. Um, and you said 18 years? Yes, 18 years. 18 years. 
I'm sure you have a lot of great moments, but I'm wondering if you could just share with us a couple of your favorite uh, moments, whether it's performance or the camaraderie. Well, I mean, I think for me at this point, after 18 years, my closest friends are in the chorus. So I have really had an opportunity to, to sort of bond and spend time in all sorts of circumstances with with these gentlemen and just sort of those moments. I mean, I think one that really does stick out besides the most recent, the the um, LPT Lavender Pen Tours is really, we were performing at Disney Concert Hall with GMCLA and we did a performance down there. And I, I had heard about Disney Concert Hall and had always wanted to, to, to see it. So just being in that space, having that sort of powerful feeling of that many sort of aligned queer identified men in a space where just the reception was was overwhelming. I mean, that definitely sort of sticks out as, as a moment for me. And I actually have the honor of serving on the National Gala Choruses organization to which all of these 400 choruses certainly kind of roll up to and sort of look to for, for advice and counsel and, and different resources. So I can tell you, choruses are looking very closely at San Francisco and they're looking at what we're doing with the building and with this national center and are, are looking to us to be role models and to get ideas from us and to see what elements they can take even in small ways back to their hometown. So it's an honor to be a part of that conversation and really sort of shuttling back and forth between my SFGMC world and then my world with gala choruses. Um, as we ramp up, we have a huge festival where every four years the LGBT choruses get together. This year we will be in Minneapolis for 4th of July for five days of like more singing than you can possibly imagine from choruses that just got founded literally months ago to us closing out the festival, the 42-year-old granddaddy of them all. So, wow, Will there be a Prince cool. song in Minneapolis performed? Oh, well, I mean, hello. I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course. Duh. Which one? <laughs> What's your favorite Prince song? Oh, we're going there. Oh. <laughs> Well, I, I remember being young with, with, with um, 1999. I remember feeling like that was so far away, and now it's like, oh, that's 21 that's years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still here. I mean, that's a, that's an iconic song. It doesn't it matter it what doesn't year matter, you're in. So. I mean, for me, it's um, When Doves Cry. Mm. I just like, that is, that one's like one that touches my It's heart. not Bat Dance? No, it's not. <laughs> and it's not Raspberry Beret. Got it. <laughs> I was going to go with a little red Corvette. Oh, brilliant. Um, Heather, it feels like we're already in the lightning round. Do we have time for a lightning round? You got a couple more minutes for our famous lightning round? Uh, yeah. I don't Hit us. Okay. Sure. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Wow. I love that question. <laughs> you know, my favorite place... There were, well, I have to say there are two. When I was living in the Mission, there was a place called El Buen Sabor that I love going to. But then when my very first apartment in the city was near the Safeway on Market Street. And there's a little two burrito shops. And oh, yes. it seems like the one I like, this like El Castellito, is, is the one that's a little more rough and tumble. And then there's a fancier one next door. I like the rough and tumble <laughs> one. And they know me. And when I walk in, they know exactly what I want. Aww. No sour cream, extra avocado, not guacamole. And I am a happy young man. Wow. OK, and, you just ate up the entire lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No. Chris, your favorite burrito? Oh, my favorite burrito? Mm -hmm. This is horrible. I don't eat burritos. <laughs> You're not the first to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, then Ask I'll do, something else. Um, what is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Ooh. Ooh. 
this one is hard. <laughs> Meaning because um, you can't think of any or you're <laughs> trying to decide which one. <laughs> no, it's, it's the former, it's the former actually. <laughs> Just say Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, keep on uh, well, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, of course, Mrs. Doubtfire. But I'll tell you what I'm really super excited to see yeah. is The Matrix, oh. which is oh, currently nice. being yes. filmed. So that one uh, I'm really excited about. I keep riding my bike and seeing the signs um, yeah. where they're telling you, like, you may be filmed right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I no Keanu sighting? No, you know, I live in Alameda, and he keeps showing up to, like, the most random places in Alameda, the Baskin Robbins. I wanted to go to him. I'm like, Keanu, there's, like, Tucker's ice cream. There's so much better ice cream places. But um, I love that. He's evidently working out at the, at the Equinox, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, but well, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you, my favorite fish tacos in the city are in the Castro mm -hmm. at Taco Gosmi. Cool. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place to get a stiff drink, Michael? <laughs> That's a bad. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm going to give a shout out because it is a place owned by very good friends of mine who I went to school with. It's called Cavalier. Uh -huh. Cavalier. What's your order? It is Bombay with soda and five limes. Five limes? I'm a, I'm a lime girl. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris. Uh, stiff drink. Uh, I, I don't do stiff drinks much. You don't do burritos or a stiff drink. No, I I'm a I, I do pink bubbles. <laughs> Does that like that I literally do that? But my favorite my favorite place to get a stiff drink um, when I do get one is the Blackbird in the mm -hmm. Castro, and that is um, their old fashioned. It's mm -hmm. just. Mm, mm. And last lightning round question is for you, Michael. What's your favorite song to sing in the shower? Ooh, <laughs> you're like going in deep. <laughs> okay, this is really, this This like stays with you. So I remember being, was I in, was I in college? Whitney Houston's All the Man That I Need. Mm -hmm. I just love anything with like 18 million key changes I and Whitney you. Houston. <laughs> and then it sounds amazing in my shower. <laughs> I'm sure it does. My partner may not agree, but I think it's Oh, awesome. you Keep sound amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, Chris, Chris might sing in the shower. Uh, do you, well, I, you're not the singer, so. But well, you yeah, can I sing in the shower. I just don't sing in the chorus. Oh, okay. But I, I definitely sing in the shower. Now it's getting real. And we're <laughs> about really to real. End. And the reality is, it's probably something by Lizzo. Oh, <laughs> Pretty much her. for the last What's your favorite Lizzo year and a half. My favorite Lizzo song. Uh, uh, gosh, that's hard. But I think it would have to be um, uh, Water Me. That's one of the lesser known ones. Um, but She's it's like, a B-side girl. Oh, I'm totally a B-side girl, <laughs> and I love myself. my Lizzo. Um, Is the gay men's chorus going to do a Lizzo song? You know. Because I'm hereby saying you should. Oh, well, we'll put that. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll fly that up the flagpole, as they say. Yes. Welcome to the Music Input Committee. <laughs> My favorite song to sing in the shower is Tiny Dancer. I wanted to end with some positivity for Elton John. <laughs> yes. He's taking a beating during this podcast. I feel better, Elton. <laughs> Thank you both so much for coming on. I, I just want to say that when I hear the gay men's chorus, you know, I, I showing up to a ball game or just reading about it, it's a point of pride in the city. Mm. Um, and as a city resident, um, uh, it's just wonderful to hear that um, you have this building and that tells me you've got this great future still yep. along with the wonderful past. So thank you to coming to our archive, coming to the Chronicle, and uh, best of luck for the year. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Take care.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guests, Chris Verdugo and Michael Tate of the Gay Men's Chorus. Total SF is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod. That's www.sfchronicle.com pod. Hey,